You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. So before we get started, just a little trigger warning that there is talk about sexual assault and abuse in this episode. So please keep that in mind before you start listening that those topics will be addressed and talked about. But it is a really, really good episode and you guys are going to love it. Riley and I are sitting down with the creator of Don't Fuck With Me, Jules, an activist, sex worker, and survivor of sexual assault. She created Don't Fuck With Me in the spring of 2021 in hopes of providing foundational knowledge for self-defense. In the height of horrific abuse towards women, those who identify as women, transgender individuals, gender diverse, people of color, sex workers, and many others that intersect these titles, Jules could not sit back any longer. Don't Fuck With Me is a free self-defense workshop catering specifically for those listed. The workshop was not only consistent of basic physical training and self-defense tactics, but also highlights the importance of harnessing fear into power and confidence. Jules is also an eclectic witch, one who embraces all magic and spiritualities. They work the elements, animals, astrology, lunar cycles, and pagan traditionals to align with the divine. In this episode, we discuss basic self-defense tips, share advice for survivors of sexual assault, lighten things up by recapping our favorite stripper moments, and dive into some witchy practices that we can all benefit from. You guys are going to, as always, love our guest Jules and love the episode. So here you go. So if the listeners can't tell from that intro, you're doing some pretty awesome things with Don't Fuck With Me. Do you mind explaining what it's all about? So Don't Fuck With Me started um, spring of last year when a surge of Obviously, it's always been happening, but there's just, like, the surge of the social media of women and self-identifying women um, have been under attack here in Vancouver, especially. Um, I remember sitting in bed one day, and I, like, this depression just, like, waved over me. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, like, what am I going to do? Like, am I just going to, like, I'm scared to go outside. Like, I'm scared to go to my car I'm scared what if I'm like coming home from work um so I like didn't leave my house for a couple days there after I heard with um what happened with one of our like friend close friends and co-workers being followed around for 40 minutes that was literally like that that point in time and um yeah the next day I I sat up and I was like what what the fuck am I gonna do about this so I started brainstorming and um yeah, don't fuck with me, kind of just like, I don't know how to really explain it to this point, it just came about, and I started emailing um, a bunch of Krav Maga um, teachers and personal trainer, or sorry, self-defense trainers around Vancouver, wondering if they would love to collaborate and donate their time, and I actually heard back from a few of these, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get this rolling, so that's how Don't Fuck With Me started. After a while, I started rounding up people on Instagram, asking if they we're interested in a free self-defense course. So that's what uh, Don't Fuck With Me uh, became to be. It's a free self-defense course for uh, women, self-identifying women, gender diverse, sex workers, BIPOC, like anyone who is in the the red zone of being um, vulnerable in a situation. Um, 
So for the month of June, I held free self-defense courses. I didn't actually hold, hold them. It was the, the volunteer time of all these like uh, professionals. And we met in a park and yeah, that was the beginning of Don't Fuck With Me and it just really took some traction. And right now it's I'm working on a few other things. Uh, Don't Fuck With My Energy was another one. It was kind of like a witchy uh, spin-off of Don't Fuck With Me. And now I'm trying to work with uh, Don't Fuck With My Bag. <laughs> so sh- that one's coming up next. <laughs> Apart from being badass, is there like another way that the namesake came about? Like Don't Fuck With Me, Is that does it mean something to you? For me, it was the guttural, the guttural tone of it. Um, a lot of people who I reached out to, the like professionals, they said, "Oh, you got to change your name. Like that's that's too harsh." And I'm like, "No, no, no! Like the the people that I'm reaching out to is people my age, um, sex workers who know who are in their power, who can be like, you know what? Don't fuck with me." So that's where the name came from, and I had to fight for it for a while, but I, I stuck to it. <laughs> so do you have any basic self-defense tips that you can offer our listeners? I know it's a little hard over an audio-only uh, medium, but if you could just, like, rattle off some good ones. So Don't Fuck With Me was based around um, not necessarily pure self-defense mechanisms and moves, it was harnessing that fear or anger in or into adrenaline. So the best piece of advice I can give to our listeners is wherever you are, I know you've been told this multiple times that be careful out there. Being careful is just what it is. And once you have that awareness of walking in the street, being on a bus, being on the SkyTrain, having one headphone in and the other paying attention, um, it just really helps you out to tap into that intuition. And I think that's what one of the main um, goals with Don't Fuck With Me was, was as as women or self-identifying women, or even anyone has this intuition about themselves, they walk into a room, they can see something, they can feel something is off. Always listen to that. No matter what it is, just being alert and um, conscious of your surroundings is the best piece of, of advice I could give. Uh, the best thing when you have that intuition, you are one step ahead from the attacker's um, playset. So if you're aware at that moment, you're able to leave the situation either quickly or more um, intuitively. So that's, yeah. So along with the physical aspects of self-defense, I assume that the mental aspect or the fight, flight, or freeze is equally important as well. I know from personal experience too well that I am a fight person and Riley is a freeze. (laughs) Is there a way or any tips you can offer to get over that mental block or advice for the mental aspect of self-defense? So getting over that mental... um that freeze or whatever that that point is that's what don't fuck with me was created for um the best thing i could say is to take one basic uh class um hopefully the the summer don't fuck with me will return and gaining that basic knowledge you have 
that uh, stepping stone to maneuver around that freeze moment and either use your body or your speed or whatever it is that you need to get out of that situation. What we teach is not to, not necessarily just to all the moves that you need to squiggle out of the situation that you're in. It's how to get out of that situation before it even happens. Um, obviously, some some people are smaller than others and normally attackers. So that situation is the last point that you want to be in. Um, we talked a little bit about freezing and... Again, that's where coming in with the awareness, constant awareness, having the intuition um, about what will happen next. Your body will naturally react in the right way, even though you might freeze or want to fight or flight. You have to be, I think, practicing um, constantly how your body is reacting to your surroundings. So I think in the sex worker community, we you know, a lot of like uh, self-defense tools are marketed towards us, like things to put on your keychains, things to put in your bag and stuff. Are you, and I know there's like a little bit of like um, discrepancy when it comes to like what you can and can't carry, what is what is uh, counted as a concealed weapon. Do you have anything that is like in your go-to self-defense kit? I've actually been looking for blade, Blades for Babes, I think it is, and I love their stuff. Um, I don't carry anything actually with me. I'm on the hunt for some, not bear spray, but they call it like dog spray now, which is like legal to carry. You're right. There's a lot of legalities around it. Um, I'm, I've heard that if it's a keychain, it's, it's safe to bear, but I, <laughs> I my go-to is my keys, the whole, the classic, like <laughs> between the knuckles, um, or I have my phone, I have my location on at all times with my best friends. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of products that are being advertised towards us. And I highly recommend doing your research or practicing with professional first before you carry around a knife. Doing your legal research before you carry around a knife um, or a keychain knife. Uh, personally, I don't use any of those, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, do your research first. What are the next moves for Don't Fuck With Me, or where do you hope to see it grow? So, I would like to see Don't Fuck With Me continue to be a free service for those who are marginalized or more susceptible to attacks. Um, I've always... I've always wanted them to feel as if that they're like able to access these resources no matter what their income is or they're able to access it um, digitally like I have um, provided like videos before. Um, I would like to see Don't Fuck With Me grow into something where more larger corporations or businesses can reach out to Don't Fuck With Me and volunteer their time and resources so the community is able to access these resources at any given moment. Um, yeah, so hopefully my next venture is don't fuck with my bag and it's um, giving people, um, either sex workers, BIPOC or um, queer folks, 
anything, all the resources towards like finances and how to secure their bag. (laughs) On a bit of a heavier note, in the intro, I mentioned that you are a survivor of sexual assault. Do you have any advice for other survivors of sexual assault or maybe even advice for people who are trying to offer support to victims of sexual assault? The advice I would have to give to those who have survived a sexual assault is never doubt yourself. For a long time, sometimes to this day, I'll think back and I'm like, maybe there is something that I did. Maybe there is something that I should have not pursued in that day or that night or at that party. Um, or I'll always go back, I'll retrace my steps to kind of prove to myself, be like, okay, did I make a big deal out of this? No, you did not. You, whatever happened, happened. And it's hard to, to swallow that, that, event had happened um but yeah never doubt yourself and the the advice I'd have to give for those supporting those is no one fucking needs a devil's advocate ever why does he need an advocate always support always give them the space um also I know there's not one woman out there or woman identifying person that or queer folk that has not been either sexually assaulted or physically attacked. Not one. So I know that we all have our own stories, but when someone is going through something, something, um, just listen. Just listen. Don't, don't compare. Don't be like, oh yeah, well, six years ago this happened to me. It just, it feels good to be heard. And I think that's the best thing that hear yourself and make sure that you hear other people talk so yeah yeah I think that's really good advice like it's really it's even more disappointing when you uh get that devil's advocacy from another woman um like and you see it so much in friends groups like I yeah I've just known too many women who have like convey to someone that something has been like inappropriate and then for the person who's like friends with them as well like a mutual friend to be like oh well you know I'm sure x y and z and it's just like yeah and you uh, yeah yeah it's just so disappointing I think it's also like a really valid point you made there there's so much like victim blaming um in like externally that it's really hard not to internalize that to some degree and be like oh maybe they're right maybe I shouldn't have as a cliche worn that or drank Mm -hmm. that much or maybe you know I was too friendly um I think that's a really good point you make to just remind um survivors that like nip that in the bud right there and like nope like in no way shape or form anything you say did do look like act like whatever welcomes any kind of sexual assault so I mean that's a very uh, a valid point to make so thank Thank you you. for sharing that and again it's that whole intuition part of it all believing and remembering what and believing in yourself what had happened is really important 
if you have that off feeling, there's something there. And I feel like in our society, in our education system, we are always suppressing that. Um, that feeling is a way of knowing, not just the facts in front of you. So, yeah, believe in believe in yourself. One hundred percent. It's cliche, but it's true. So, of course. You're on a sex worker podcast, and yes, we do have non-sex workers on the podcast sometimes, but this is not one of those cases. You yourself are also a sex worker. How long have you been in the sex industry, and what avenues do you work in? Oh my gosh. Okay. I've been in the sex work industry since I was 18, so that's coming up on four years now. Um, I started off... (laughs) She uh, is so weird. <laughs> You're like, mm. literally, we just looked at each other like, oh my god, 22, all those decades ago. <laughs> Wait, no, did I do math wrong? Wait, I'm turning 24. Oh, so you've been That's in for almost six, six years? years? Holy shit. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a sex worker, not a mathematician. <laughs> okay. <laughs> six whole years. Okay, wow. Yeah, I was 18. Um, and I was going to UBC at the time. And I signed up for seeking arrangements. And oh my god, if I could go back and be like, Jules don't (laughs) let me just just sit down do your research before you do anything I am personally so so lucky that like I was just such a shithead at so young but like somehow my spirits my spirit guides whoever was looking after me had saved me and I started building and learning um you know the hustle um ever since I was 18 and then one day I was sitting in class at UBC and we were learning about sex work and we started learning about the sex work history here in Vancouver and um we're talking about strippers and all the different avenues I left my class early I went to Model Express bought heels and I went to Brandy's that night and I was like hey I'm here (laughs) and I just started working there ever since at the very legal age of 19. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I started working at Brandy's maybe two two years ago. So that oh, okay. was after was a like, couple you... of years. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. At the very legal age, yeah. I know for a fact it was two years ago. Because when I looked at our message history today, I had never noticed this before. I scrolled up and you had messaged me in 2019 telling me that you had sold your first... Uh, lap dance or your soldier first private room and that you use the phrase plus a tip but do plus a tip <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god oh, <laughs> that's too funny yeah yeah look how far you've come now you've weaseled your way on the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. manifest baby manifest <laughs> also congratulations on what is this your 101st episode Hundred and oh yeah, we're in the, we're in the hundreds now, yeah. In the hundreds, congratulations! <laughs> <up> there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, after 100, you stop counting. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, no, thank you. I truly remember my first uh, speaking arrangements. And I, yeah, I you just don't know what you don't know. But luckily, it was um, in Germany. And so I like left that behind, you know? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Learning from like seeking arrangements on those like established dates, um, I'm able to like carry myself. Like when I went traveling, I was like, I'm going to go to this fancy bar. And I see this man sitting alone. And then I was like, oh. I was taking photos and he like comes down. He's like, I would look good with you. And I was like, hell yeah, you would. Next thing you know, I'm being fl- flown out to Switzerland. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it just, I'm always working. I'm always, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just there's no other avenue of work that I could see myself in. Even when I was working in restaurants, like I feel like I was doing the same, like the same, like um, lingo, I guess. You know what I mean? Just, okay. Like upsell, upsell, upsell. (laughs) No, there's a lot of, a lot of crossover and like similar scripts in bartending and serving as opposed to like stripping as well. Right. Like, at the end of the day, everyone's working for tips. You're trying to sell your personality to them. You're selling your looks to them. Um, as much as servers and bottle girls love to think they're so much better. But <laughs> we we just, we're doing the same thing. We just make more money, sweetie. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We'll, we'll check the bank statements after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly. honestly. Oh, oh. All right. So, I mean, at work, we have our sexual self at the forefront of our being a lot of the time. Was there a healing process that you went through after your uh, sexual assault experience to try and get comfortable with expressing that part of you at work? Mm. Absolutely. So stripping came um, a little while after. So I, I was first, the first most traumatic event happened um in my last year of high school which made me leave and that's why I moved out to the city and I needed to start um taking care of myself and that's when seeking arrangements started coming my way that was a point not even doing like working but like being with men in general I was I was so I guess broken I was using sex as a way to like I started treating men as like how they were treating me and so not only did that get my count up but like (laughs) I I thought that I was healing that way and I thought that I was a lot stronger but um it took a lot of time through those mistakes to realize that like okay I've actually got to do some healing and so that's when I started studying in school um more about sex work it was kind of like I went into stripping as a field research <laughs> and I was like, okay, like this is like exactly what I want to be doing and expressing myself. I have been dancing my entire life. I feel like I like I know that my body and I know that like I know what I'm worth. So being reciprocated that like finally not just being treated like shit by these random essay dates or these random men that won't pay my rent. Stripping was the first time that, like, I fully came, like, as a phoenix. And I was like, 
well, I don't even need a sugar daddy. Like I am my own sugar daddy now. Like I don't need anyone to validate that. So I think stripping was the first moment that I realized, okay, like I can do this. I don't need to rely on any other creepy guys, (laughs) even though I kind of do, but like I don't. (laughs) You do, but like one part removed. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like, what would I do without you? Um, That will be five dances. Okay. Sounds good. And then I just go home, eat an A&W burger and chill out. (laughs) Also, I want to apologize. I really probably should have warned you for that question because we were like laughing and I was like right back I was to the trauma. just <laughs> I was just gonna say that that we're really doing this like ah heavy shit ah heavy shit so I apologize <laughs> to listeners I'm gonna throw a trigger warning in at the start but um we're a little all over the place here um like usually Usually Riley and I are recording in the same room so we I can like nudge her and and vice versa when we're like, oh, let's switch up this question. Um, but right now we are apart. <laughs> so we're I'm a little bit of a mess today. I apologize. If you're like, uh-huh, okay. and then crying and then laughing, crying. Uh <laughs> yeah, keeping you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any tips for either new... <laughs> Sorry, we're back. We're back to the drama. <laughs> uh, do you have any tips for either uh, new sex workers or sex workers that have taken some sort of a break or or maybe have experienced some kind of trauma and are re-entering back into the industry? How to kind of get their um, their mojo back? Um, I think the number one thing I've seen that is destructive is when, when you're entering the the sex world of work, right, is, um, a lot of, a lot of either women or, or sex workers in general, uh, tend to dissociate and fall into some dark places because they're they feel like their body is out of control. So the number one piece of advice I could say is like, you really have to constantly be working on owning your shit at all times, being accountable, making sure that you tell yourself every day that you're so fucking hot that you can take over the world. You always have to be loving yourself first. Um, And I think that's with anything as it goes of, um, self-love before you're entering any relationship you can't you can't meet yourself your, your soulmate or whatever you believe in if yourself is not healed and entering the world of sex work is obviously like a little bit dangerous if you're not um, I don't want to say confident in yourself but you have to be really confident in yourself sometimes like I find myself I can really dissociate between like um, what I do at work and like who I am outside of work and I think at the same time they're the same person but you just you just have to be really um self-aware I guess before you enter it coming back are you ready to deal with rejection are you ready to deal with these creeps are you ready to deal with the the feeling of not making any money and coming home and feeling worthless like you're not 
you're not as pretty as other girls or you're not um as big of a hustler as you used to be it's just it's just you're a bad bitch go for it just just you have to keep remembering that now yeah that's definitely my best piece of advice how do you think your sex work or your experience with sex work crosses over with don't fuck with me oh wow well leaving the club with a lot of cash is always so scary um uh the crossover was it began with someone i knew from the club so i was like how do i make these people feel safer um and have that basis knowledge uh even people who are not a part of sex work like the queer community um leaving leaving the club after dancing you always have to be prepared or like a night of night going out i think that my world and sex work and don't fuck with me crossover in such a way where it's like it's it's my it's my people it's my my world like you're if you're working at a corporate job you have to go through a seminar of sexual assault or whatever whatever it is right whereas we're we don't have that in our world we don't have um any resources when it comes to say for example like don't fuck with my bag we don't have any resources i guess not that i know of of um how to secure your money how to secure like how to feel safe in your work environment and i think that's what i really want to establish with don't fuck with me in the future is um for for example in amsterdam they have like a collective like house where they have all the the rules and sh- like there's like a like a a court of sex workers and i think that's just the coolest thing that you can go there with any of your issues and they'll provide you with like legal services and i think that's what like i really want don't fuck with me to to lean into into the future yeah i love that that's awesome uh, what has been your favorite stripper moments? Switzerland sounds super fun. And <laughs> Thank you. It sounds like you were maybe working when you were traveling. Nope i i I worked my butt off before, and I saved enough, and I just took a month off in Portugal. I went around, but like it's just like that that mentality. I was like. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what's up here. Let's see what I can do. You know, why do I have to pay for my nails? Never had to. (laughs) But I I wasn't, I wasn't explicitly working like in a club or anything. I would love to. Um, but yeah, my favorite stripper moment, uh, like in the club, do you mean? Or just in general as a sex worker? Oh, if they're two different ones, give us two different ones. (laughs) Like, like, I was like, okay, okay, let's think here. My favorite moment okay I think my favorite moment in this whole entirety of it all has to be just be like I know this sounds so corny as fuck but like being so close with all of my like co-workers and I feel like whenever I walk into the club I'm already like I don't like I'm just having a ball I don't know, Riley, if you've seen that before. Like, I'll just, like, walk around and I'll just be like, hey. <laughs> like, or, like, you are actually, like, this little ball of sunshine. Like, if I didn't work at Brandy's, I'd think you're a baby stripper. You're, like, bouncing up walls. 
<laughs> I know, I just, I love everyone who works there, all the bartenders. I just, like, every time I get there, I give the, all the bouncers a big bear hug. Like, it's just the best time ever. And I don't know if it's because I'm still a baby stripper. But, um, yeah, that definitely has to be my favorite stripper moment, is just realizing how good I have it. Yeah, you honestly are like lovely to have when the shift is like not that great. I'm like, I'm always so excited to see you in the changers. <laughs> we tag team too. It's we're a power couple, hey? It's true, we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you worked at any other strip clubs besides the one you're at currently? Nope. Nope. First time. Well, that's very lucky that you love it so much. I'm I'm ecstatic like I'm so happy yeah shout out to my girl Candy for getting me the job <laughs> oh really you got the job through how do you know Candy Candice and I went on a queer boat party like a, way back when and um that day when I was scissoring cl- pardon pardon scissoring she said <laughs> don't don't tell me you're exposing me now god damn <laughs> honestly Candace. i think the queer boat party with your girlfriend <laughs> we scissored after okay not at the party <laughs> oh man yeah yeah candace candace was um serving is serving there obviously so i messaged her and she's like come in tonight i was like hell yeah the rest is history we still scissors to this day <laughs> i do not doubt that you could be joking but i believe you 100 <laughs> percent. well i've never met this candace but <laughs> y'all can introduce me <laughs> loves the good scissor uh <laughs> So we are going to switch gears and talk about some witchy shit. So one of your posts on the Don't Fuck With Me Instagram page states, and I quote, Jules is an eclectic witch, one who embraces all magic and spiritualities. They work with the elements, animals, astrology, lunar cycles, and pagan traditions to align with the divine. Can you break that down for us? And what does it mean? (laughs) Okay, okay. So this was a part of Don't Fuck With My Energy um, era around October, fall. Um, I wanted to do something along the lines of um, tapping into that intuition, but in a little bit more of um, something that hits home to me. Uh, So I'm an eclectic witch, uh, which means... (laughs) Which means I... I value all different types of practices. I I find magic in the everyday. Um, and I feel like everything in our society is like... Like, you look at people blowing out candles for their birthday. Like, that is, that's witchcraft. Making wishes, that's witchcraft. Come on. Okay, another example is, as a kid, you would leave your teeth under a pillow for the tooth fairy to come and exchange your body parts for money. Like... Okay. Oh my god. Okay, but actually a fun fact I did learn about the tooth fairy origins. Um 
I'm going to have to edit some out because Riley is loose cannon and says inappropriate things, which I cannot have on the podcast. So I will, if there's a random clip here where we're laughing and all of a sudden an abrupt stop, it's Riley's doing. Anyways, um, baby teeth. Apparently some like Vikings or fighters or something used to get kids teeth and put them in necklaces around their neck as like a warning or to like scare off people. Oh, that's all. Okay. Go on. It might, it might be a lie, but Nicole Byers told me that, so. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Being Back uh, to you. Thank you. Uh, what was the question? Being a witch and what it means yeah, to me? Your little, yeah, what does it mean to kind of um, embracing them, all the magic and spiritualities and working with elements, animals, astrology, lunar cycles, pagan traditions to align with the divine to align with the divine um in some most simple terms it's how to enjoy my life and make my life the most simple pleasurable lifetime that I could possibly have um yeah so for example working with the elements I give gratitude to I'm sure a lot of people do as well um gratitude for everything that surrounds me, um, really living a simple life, try- at least trying to, um, or, you know, a little money spell here and there, a little love spell here and there, just just toying with the idea of this fantasy where I'm like, okay, we're on a floating rock with all this, like, magical shit everywhere. How can, how can there not be magic, you know? We are magical beings. And embracing that, I think, has made my life just really radiate um, that towards other people. I always fill my cup first so I'm able to give to other people. So as someone who is maybe a little more unfamiliar with the topic, um, what does, like, being a witch really mean to you? Like, can anyone be a witch? Um, are you? Oh, absolutely. Do you have to practice? Do you have to be a Wiccan? Do you have to practice Wicca? Nope. Yeah, being a witch, I think um, what I, I remember being a kid and just like playing with like my mom's soaps and making magical potions. I think like being a witch is just tapping into that playfulness and playing with your surroundings. And I feel like everybody has a witch inside of them. There's obviously there's stigma around it. There's a scary story around it, but truly behind all of that, um, the the stigma or the fear around witchcraft is the doing of the patriarchy and obviously men being afraid of women. Like simple as that. Um, high, like you know, um, back in the Salem witch trials, which was a time where. A lot of women and some men would get hung or burned just for the fact that they would be able to, I don't know, read or like men would try to suppress women in every other, any kind of way that they could find. And being a witch was one of them. So me being lucky enough in this timeline, I'm able to practice my witchcraft openly and talk about it and... um yeah, it's a, it's literally just a big fuck you to the patriarchy. And that's what it's stepping into my divine femininity, uh, embracing my masculinity. It's it's that whole magical self that 
there's just so much to it. I, w- I could literally go on for like four, four days about this. And um, I feel like starting off, if you, if you are interested into witchcraft, um, literally there's so many resources now. Like TikTok is blowing up, blowing up with witch talk. So just search up that hashtag and you'll see so much shit and like little tips. Uh, but please be warned. Always follow your intuition. Again, this is what it's all about. Um, knowing what you're about and what feels wrong and what isn't wrong. Search up protection spells first, please, if you're going to do that. Um, I love what you're saying. There's a really good book by Kristen J. Soli called uh, Witches, Sluts, and Feminists. And it, it, it echoes a lot of what you just said, how um, sluts now are what witches used to be. And they're just ways for men to kind of punish and suppress um, female sexuality and um, female prowess and female power. Absolutely. So um, it's a really, really good book. Um, I definitely highly recommend it to anyone who's listening and witch talk people check that out be smart with everything online obviously obviously (laughs) I wish I wish I could articulate it a little bit better in terms of how witchcraft um, and that freedom of sexuality like witch like witchcraft and sex work are tied into one another again all of this the power that have has been suppressed for so long um, is finally coming to the surface and I'm really proud of all the sex workers out there fighting for what they do all of the witches banding together to to make the world a better place and just to have their foot in the door like having a normal ass boring life where men are on on top at all times like hell no I'm not a pillow princess like let's go <laughs> for those that want to start exploring rich witchcraft i know that you said there's a lot of resources like witch talk and stuff um i've definitely stumbled upon it as well what are there some red flags or things that you should look out for for perhaps like what to follow versus what not to follow like i guess is there a difference between i don't know i guess like can you is there a way to tell if it's like quote unquote real or is it sort of just you have to trust your intuition on that the best way to discern that is to remember that one of the Wiccan reads, which means is like the Wiccan rules, you don't have to be Wiccan to back practice witchcraft, by the way. But one of the Wiccan reads is um, like the threefold law. So whatever you put out into the universe comes back to you threefold. Or do none to ye as harm, which means don't like don't pro- project or um, put harm onto anyone intentionally again because you'll get it threefold back so if you're seeing all these like hexing spells on tiktok or anywhere else that you'll see them you really really have to be a seasoned witch in order to do those things because protection um you're just throwing yourself into the spirit world which we don't know all about the only thing that you know or can see or hear is what the human can can take so the best thing to do is you have to always remember like why are you hexing this person is it out of anger because it's going to backlash the intention has to be very pure um again another thing is to remember that um if it gets too complicated 
and you're start you don't know what you're doing you're just putting a bunch of ingredients together that's when you know you should stop do your research on start with something simple like what does like start with the four elements for example uh, earth air water fire learn what they're all about and how you can use them then kind then you'll find your way like it's literally a rabbit hole <laughs> I have a question. So like if media has taught me anything, it's do not fuck with like love. Um, but you're saying there's like love potions and stuff. Like, and every Hallmark line? movie. <laughs> a thousand percent, a thousand percent. But like what, like what are the boundaries of that? Obviously I just have, I have questions. <laughs> oh, okay. I have casted two love spells in my time. <laughs> what was Holy. one was one about Candace? No, no see, Can- Candace <laughs> came with her free will. Candace came with free will. That's how you. Know, that's how you know it's pure love, too. Oh my god, that's good. <laughs> Candace, I love you so much. Um, so I, you just got to be super careful because if you cast a love spell, and it works, for example. You rob that person out of their free will uh, to make their decision, which um, I recently learned is just like that's has it's totally wrong in terms of witchcraft. I casted a love spell a long time ago with a guy. Uh, we ended up dating for one year, and then that was when I got sexually assaulted. Um, that's what broke it off, and we ended up going back and forth with each other for six whole years because we just couldn't cut ties and I was like why can't I get rid of this motherfucker oh yeah I casted a love spell when I was like 15 years old and I didn't know what I was doing and you could be stuck in this for you don't know how long and sometimes you'll cast a love spell with someone that you don't truly you'll think at that moment that you really really love them but it's probably infatuation and then you're you're stuck. You're like the the spell is casted upon you too. Your friends are gonna be like, "Yo, like, what are you doing with this person? Like, they're obviously they're gonna keep hurting you." Oh, but he'll he'll change or they'll change. No. So that's what I'm in right now. <laughs> so <laughs> be careful. I feel like love spells happen when you put a love spell on yourself. You know, do some self love rituals first. Okay, but <laughs> hear me out. Okay, okay, uh, okay. money. Oh, is yes. money off limits too, or do you ever use your witchcraft to enhance your hustle? Or is there any crossover between sex work and your witchy little ways? All right, listeners. Here's a little tip, a little witch witchcraft tip for when you go to work. So, what you're gonna do before you head to work? Oh, I do, I do this all the time. I have so many money altars. I have everything. What you're going to do before you go to work is you're going to take some honey and you're going to put it on the tip of your tongue. Literally have honey on your tongue. And um, what else do I do? And a little bit of brown sugar under the tongue. And you're going to like stand there and like you're going to taste sweetness. And the thing with witchcraft or any kind of manifestation um, the, the thought behind it, like, if your mind is like thinking, like, okay, like, what time do I have to leave? What time am I going to get there? It's, n- it's not going to really work. You're going to have to stand there and taste the honey, taste the brown sugar, and you're going to be like, I 
any word that comes out of my mouth tonight is going to be so sensual and so well said and so sweet. Everyone is going to fall for, hey, you want to go for a dance? Boom. That's it. (laughs) So that's my best advice for uh, sex work and magic crossing over. Um, Yeah. Money altars too. Oh my gosh. I have one. I have, I think I have two or three. And um, you just do some research on uh, what kind of like herbs or ingredients are tied with money. And you create this little mod podge of ingredients with a green candle, put your intention to it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it works out for me. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like a lot of like, in recent years, manifesting is like all the rage. People, oh everyone God, talks yeah. about, oh, I manifested this. I manifest, I'm manifesting this, and I just feel like it's just like a modern witchcraft. Like it's just the modern way of making witchcraft accessible to people, or making it sound okay or fancy or whatever. Absolutely, and that's what I said before. Like witchcraft is everywhere. Once you start reading about, oh, like that's that's considered witchcraft. I'm like that's what you do on your day to day. The way that you present yourself. The, the color of your clothes, the, everything has meaning to it. And people can argue like nothing, like you can be a nihilist and say nothing has meaning to it. But like I said before, I'm a silly little human on this rock. Might as well play with it. Like if if red makes me feel more powerful or is, the color red is tied with feeling sexier or having more passion, I'm going to try that out if I have to go have a hot date, you know? Or if I'm... Um, feeling a little bit lower and I want to seem like, like, I want to feel like I'm doing okay. I'm going to dress, I'm going to wear my favorite yellow coat. Like, it's just like little things that have meaning and it all ties back to how your brain is thinking. Like, okay, I'm wearing yellow. That should make me happy. So I'm going to, your brain transmutes itself into being a little bit happy. Or again, back to the money altar thing. If you say like, I have this goal or like the manifesting I have this goal I am good like you always have to do it in the present moment like I am making money I am that bitch you just you write your own you write your own narrative and it ends up happening it's just just try it out that's all I have to say just just play with it and you'll be surprised is it yeah I guess another question is for those who want to get started into it is it something that you kind of have to fully believe for it to work instead of just Mm. like you know what I mean like I I, you kind of said like do you have to have your intention behind it like to what extent I guess if you're just starting out you're not you're hesitant maybe to what extent do you have to I guess believe in it or want it for it to sort of pan out you have to believe in it 100% I'm not saying that you have to believe in witchcraft or Wiccan or astrology or anything like that. But if you, you have to believe in it 100% being like, okay, I, because if your mind is somewhere else, it's not gonna, it's not gonna unfold. That's just, um, I think how anything works. If you don't put your mind to it, how is it going to get done? And that's not saying like, okay, I made a money altar. I 100% believe in it and you stay at home. That's that's not gonna work either. Like you God have damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. And that's not 
it's just, it takes that, you sitting down and making that money alter, it all while gives you the motivation to be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go make some money. And you end up making, like, poof, you end up making money. And you don't end up hating it either. Like, you can get a 9 to 5, for crying out loud, and be forced to make money. I'd rather not. I'd rather be happy. And money is an energy in itself. Like, if you treat it like shit, it will treat you back like shit. If you, I'm not saying idolize it, but you you treat it like an energy in exchange. Every Okay, here's a little another witch tip I can give to you guys as well. Every time I, like, tap my card or I, like, spend some cash, I say in my head, I'm like, again, the Wiccan rule, I will get this back threefold. And just, like, that belief system, you'll start, you'll start seeing it. I don't know, I'm not the universe, I can't tell you how it works, but just try it out. (laughs) No, I think that's a really good, like, witchcraft is something that, again, like, through TikTok, I sort of had an interest about as like a curiosity I guess but it's something that I've never really like sat down and asked questions about so thank you for sharing that absolutely there's there's tons and tons of resources out there I'm like scatterbrain all over the place right so I have so much to say about it but um yeah if you have any questions like further on you can either ask don't fuck with me or my personal account I have so many cool resources Awesome. Okay, my witchy little slut, before we let you go, we have three rapid fire questions. So the first one, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet, but you want to try? Ah, rapid fire. Oh, that full like latex um, cocoon thing. (laughs) I forget what it's called. Like a gimp suit? (laughs) What's that? A gimp suit? Is that what it's called? Yeah, let me pull up a picture. My gimp suit. Like, you want to be in it? Yeah, kind of. Like a little cocoon and it's like full latex. Like this? Oh, no. Okay, it's like from, it's in one of like the weekend's music videos. I forget what it is. But like, you're, you're, it looks like a flying bat. Okay, let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. That one's way too far. <laughs> We're like, what? What? <laughs> Like a flying flying bat suit. <laughs> Sex toy. Googling latex cocoon. <laughs> oh, no man has ever let me peg him. So, come on, boys, give me your butthole. <laughs> I don't like how you said that. <laughs> please, if you, you will, that. if you allow, if you allow, please give me your butthole. Consentingly. <laughs> Consentingly, yes. The second question here, what is one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again? Oh, shit. Um, hmm. Oh, I was in a, like, a, of like, there was, like, a voyeur there, or, like, a watcher. Like, that was his kink. And it was just kind of, it was, like, nice because I, like, I like applause and I like praise. But, like, I don't think I'll ever do that again. Everyone needs to be involved. Hmm. It's just fair. <laughs> I'm a total exhibitionist, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> what What's it? Riley's been diligently looking on her phone for a 
a uh, cocoon-shaped latex thing. Uh, Riley, what's it called? You're going to have to unmute yourself because we can't hear anything you're saying. Oh, I said I googled latex <laughs> sleeping bag. Oh, my God. Mm, crafty. I'll, I'll find it for there. you. I'll find it for you. <laughs> and the last one here, Jules. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Ooh. Hello, world. Um, oh, man. that We got to restart. We got to restart this somehow. Where's the restart button? This is not how it should be going. Even though it is all... Um, I don't know if it's real or if it's not real. Me going like existential right now, but... I feel like we we could do better. Let's do better. Take a don't fuck with me course. Learn some witchcraft. Respect sex workers around you. And pay them lots of money. Thank you. <laughs> uh, a beautiful note to end on. So, Jules, where can people find you? So, they can find me at... So, it's on Instagram at come sin with me. Not comes in with me, but comes in with me. Or uh, at don'tfuckwithme.yvr, minus all the vowels. Um, yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram or OnlyFans at it's Ruby Rouge. Feel free to subscribe. I'm trying to get back on there, so give me the motivation to do so. And yeah, that's about it. And then if people wanted to support Don't Fuck With Me, how could they do that? Uh, just give it a follow and let your friends know. Uh, also, if you know of any, or if you yourself have any um, skill sets that you would want to share with the world that you want to like donate your time to, um, please reach out to me. If it has anything to do with like this whole new NFT, like if you have like a crash course on it. I like don't fuck with me is a great place to like round people up, especially in Vancouver, especially in the community. Um, so please reach out if you have any of those skills or if you know people who do. Um, and it can be anything from, yeah, online or how to break dance or like, I feel like everyone is interested in something. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at five zero plus a tip or Email at 50plusatip at gmail.com. You can sign to the DMs or email with any questions, comments, etc. We love getting them. Thank you so much for joining us, Jules. It's been an absolute pleasure and we love everything you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun chatting with you both. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. 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 <laughs>